Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy, John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. A short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, John Sonmez from simpleprogrammer.com. So I am still here in Berlin at the time of recording this video, but uh, I don't have any impressive scenery for you today. Uh, I'm just recording a normal video um, I don't have enough of the high-quality videos I had queued up uh, for my entire trip, so I have to make sure that I do enough of of these videos, or actually, if you're listening to the podcast, these episodes, um, just to to make sure that I, I, I can keep my regular schedule here. So, um, so I thought I'd do a video or a, a talk about basically uh, something that is a topic that a lot of people uh, seem to not quite understand and to seem that uh, seem to think that I don't know what I'm talking about in this subject. So I'd like to clarify this a little bit. It's a complex topic and I understand why I get a little bit of flack on this, but it's basically on why do I consider real estate investment to be the best investment and why do I invest in real estate as opposed to other things. Why do I, in fact, why do I tell people that their 401ks and IRA plans don't make a lot of sense and that financial advisors are full of crap? Well, um, you know, it's complex, right? Obviously, uh, and, and, and I've had some people uh, who've read soft skills. Uh, by the way, uh, I have a whole chapter on finance and soft skills, a software developer's life manual. But anyway, I've seen some reviews where someone liked the book, except they said, for the financial section, you know, John doesn't necessarily know what he's talking about. He has survivorship basis and he's encouraging people to do risky things like invest in real estate, whereas uh, it, it's just based on his own success in that area and isn't, uh, isn't a wise investment. So uh, I'd like to challenge that because I don't think that that's quite accurate. I, 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 view, I honestly view real estate to be the least risky investment if it's done correctly, if you're investing for the long term for cash flow, positive cash flow, not speculating. Uh, and, and here's why. So I think the best way to kind of sort through this complex set of scenarios is to first lay some, some kind of ground uh, you know, rules here, which is basically this. In investing, there is not any kind of large arbitrage situation. So what I mean by this, an arbitrage situation is when there's a clear advantage thing to do that's better than everything else and and doesn't come at a higher cost. There's nothing like that, right? Otherwise, everyone would be doing that, right? I mean, it it, it just doesn't make sense, right? In today's world, maybe you know, in, in where where information was a little bit more hidden and people didn't have access to to things, but today, uh, you know, there's basically no general arbitrage situation. What instead you have investing, if you if you have some amount of money and you want to invest that money, is you have various trade-offs. And so some investments are very hands-off and liquid. 
right? And those investments usually, uh, before being hands off, meaning you don't have to do much, you can just put your money in and, and it, it grows or whatever the investment, but you don't have to manage that investment. And liquid mean you could take the money out and pull it out. Uh, usually those investments either have a very low yield, so they don't give you a very high return, and they usually carry high risks with them or some kind of trade-off between the two, right? If you have something that's, that is a high yield, it probably is high risk. If it's low yield, it's probably low risk, right? So, so you've got things like that, like investing in stocks, in mutual funds, in uh, bonds, you know, combinations of stocks and bonds, things like that, securities, um, all, all those, those type of things kind of fall into the, that category because they're really hands-off, right? Uh, but then you've got other trade-offs, right? You could invest uh, with hands-on types of things where now your knowledge and your actual uh, effort that you're putting into it is going to allow you to get something better Right, so so not to have as much of a trade-off. So maybe you can get something that's fairly high yield and and low risk, uh, and and that's where uh, things like real estate, I believe, fall into. Uh, also, things like doing uh, very complex options trading, right? The kind of things that hedge funds might might do, uh, where you're basically uh, using using options and and a lot of information about the market to basically position yourself with with rules that will ensure that you've you've got a, a good return. Uh, I don't want to get into all the complexities of that, but I just want to like set that as a basic standard, right? For for judging an investment. There's nothing that you can just there's there's no investment out there that you can uh, put your money in, not have to do anything, and get an extremely high return with an extremely low risk. There's nothing like that. It doesn't exist, right? If that exists, everyone would do that. So we're, we're managing trade-offs. So here's, here's what I would pose to you then. Let's say you have $5 million, okay? You can't make any more money. You just have the $5 million, and you, you have to live off that money, retire off of that money, and, uh, and hopefully preserve that money and grow it. You can invest it in wherever you want, but the rule is you can't get any more money. If you lose that, it's gone, and uh, and you you die, <laughs> essentially, and it and you can't you can't make more money. So what do you do with it? Well, would you really take that five million dollars and do the investing that you're doing now? Would you give it over to your managed uh, fund, like a your, maybe your 401k or IRA, uh, where maybe you can make a five to ten percent return, you're hoping for maybe that range, uh, but you could take a 50% hit one year, being hands off with that. Would you really do that with with $5 million cash? I wouldn't do that. I don't think many people would do that. I don't, like You can't take that. You can't afford to take that risk because what if you lose that initial capital? What if you lose that money? Then you're going to kind of be screwed, right? I mean, it's when you think about it that way, it, it's risky, right? Any kind of aggressive type of growth strategy is going to be bad. And do you really want to hand that over to a financial advisor and then hope that they they get you a return? On good years, yeah, anyone can get a return. But on bad years, are, are you going to lose your initial capital and be screwed? Remember, you got to live off of this money as well at the same time. So, you know, I personally wouldn't do that. I think most of you, if you think about that, honestly, if you had $5 million, you wouldn't invest it that way. If you had to live off of it and you couldn't afford the loss, right, you need something more secure. So then we move on. So what's more secure than that? Well, how about something that's ultimately secure, right? This 
probably the most secure investment vehicle that I've come across is called a TIPS, which is a Treasury Inflation Protected Security. This means that it is basically a T-bill, uh, a government bond from the United States government that is backed by the government, guaranteed rate of return, and it uh, it's it's protected against inflation. So if you have inflation, it will be adjusted accordingly to 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 give you the same yield, whatever that yield is. Well, that seems like a great idea. I mean, you could buy those up, right? And if that's a good investment, you have to do nothing and you have zero, pretty much zero risk, right? There's, unless the US government defaults, which, you know, if that happens, all hell breaks loose. But uh, that's that's pretty good until you look at the return. So the return on something like this of, of a perfectly solid investment that, that has zero risk is if you for a 10 year yield, that means that you have to hold it for 10 years, 10 year maturity on it right now at the time of recording this video is about 0.45 percent. Yeah, that's right. 0.45 percent, not even one percent. And on a 25 year yield uh, or, or excuse me, uh, uh, a that was on a 10 year yield on a 25 year yield it would be about 1.1 percent so that's not going to work out either right you can't live off of the 1.1 percent um, that's it's not growing your money it's not a wise investment maybe if you had 50 million dollars and you just absolutely didn't want to lose it and you, and you wanted to live off of it then you could get you could you could do that and and uh, and and use tips to staggered tips to to generate enough income to live off of and, and sort of grow your principal a little bit without any risk, but not with five million dollars, right? So then, where does that really leave you at this point? Find me another investment. For first of all, find me a hands-off investment where you don't have to do anything and you have low risk, but you have a high enough return to beat inflation and to beat the taxes that you're going to have to pay on the money that you make to, to be able to survive off of that $5 million. You're probably not gonna find any because there aren't any, right? There's nothing that exists out there that I know of that would meet that criteria. And if there, if the, something does exist, let me know about it because I would be happy to, to do that. But but it really does not exist. Aside from playing with the, you know, like giving away your money at the end of your life, like an annuity or something like that where it's going to be completely wiped out at the end. But let's say that you want to keep the money you're passing on to your heirs. So uh, where does that leave you? Well, in my mind, it leaves you with real estate. I mean, obviously, there's a few other things you could do. You could, like I said, become a, an option trader and trade complex option spreads which you could probably make a lot of money but it's going to require a lot of work knowledge risk and uh, and discipline to do that that's not easy I've, I've done that before I've been able to pull a pretty decent yield off of that but it required a lot of effort and staying on top of that I mean if, if you enjoy that if that's fun you know but it's kind of like work it's like working you know probably at least an hour a day to, to manage your investments uh, and, and you and you're still unless you follow things perfectly. And even still then, you still have these really, really big downside potentials. But real estate now, this is where we get into real estate. I could take $5 million, okay, easily. And I could buy, let's say, very conservatively. I'm gonna be extremely conservative. And I'm gonna say, I could buy a property for $500,000 that yields $2,000 a month rent after all expenses, vacancies, everything. Uh, so I could buy 10 of those for, for, with $5 million, right? And that would be $20,000 a month of income 
off of my five million and I'm not touching the principal. Now, real estate prices could go down and yes, my five million could cut in half and be worth 2.5 million, but the rent's not going to decrease or it's not going to decrease much. I'll still be making my $20,000 a month. So I don't care if the real estate prices actually go down. Now, we know over time in a 20 to 30 year period of time, they're most likely going to go up. We've never seen a period where they haven't gone up in that period of time. And that's mainly due to inflation because it's going to at least stick with inflation. So that's, I mean, to me, it's a no brainer, right? Obviously, if you had the $5 million, I can't find a better investment than real estate. Yes, it's not hands off. You have to actually go and buy the properties and have someone manage those properties for you, or you can manage them yourself and you have to pay some fees to do that. But once you have that set up, it's pretty close to hands off, like as close as you can get and still get a decent yield. Just about any of the rental properties I have, and I've got 26 units at this, at this point, um, almost all of them generate anywhere from uh, 6 to 20% uh, ROI, my, my return on my, on my capital uh, every single year. So I, I really, you know, honestly, I can't see a, a less risky investment out there that makes sense. Yes, there's a learning curve. Yes, you have to learn something to invest in real estate. I've talked about this before. I've sort of shared my experiences, my story before you can look in. If you get soft skills, uh, the software developer's life manual, you could read through there on my, and I tell my exact story of, of how I, how I did it and was able to essentially retire early to generate the income that I needed to. And I pump my money into my real estate now to be able to increase my, my monthly sort of retirement income that, uh, that, that I don't have to touch the principal. Uh, if there's a better way, I would love to know about it. If, if there's some way that I could take uh, all of my assets and convert them to something that is uh, produces a higher yield, requires less uh, hands-on, less work, and has uh, has less risk than real estate, than at least in rental long-term investment in real estate, uh, then tell me about it because I've searched high and low and I can't find that. Uh, maybe if you have huge capital, then you can invest in hedge funds, uh, which which would probably meet that criteria. But you have to have a lot of money to do that. Uh, $5 million is not going to cut it. So anyway, that's, that's what I have to say about that. Uh, I, I definitely encourage you, if you think I'm wrong about this, challenge me. But, uh, but don't challenge me with what your financial advisor says and, and, you know, so-called experts on finances, because unless they have made millions and, and they're actually, uh, you know, multimillionaires, uh, then their advice is pretty much crap. It's just speculation. Uh, whereas I'm a practitioner, I have been doing this and have invested in multiple uh, things and and have currently working investments in real estate for 17 years now. So yeah, I mean, honestly, like these, this you have to kind of beat the beat these facts in order to say that this is a bad investment that real estate or that there is a better investment out there. And like I said, there's no arbitrage situation, right? There is find the thing that is so much better, and everyone will invest in it. Uh, the reason why everyone doesn't invest in real estate is because there is a barrier to entry, and because there is all this crap out here. Uh, you know, uh, th think about it, right? You don't. There's no such thing as a free lunch. You don't get something for nothing. Just for taking your money and giving it over to a financial advisor, or putting in your 401k and our or IRA, doesn't guarantee that you get to grow that money. That's not. Uh, th that doesn't make any sense. 
to have no knowledge about a thing, to do no work, and to get rewarded for it just because of the time value of money. The time value of money is exactly what the tips pays, right? I talked about the treasury inflation protected security. That is what it actually pays. And anything you get beyond that, you're, you're getting paid for risk, right? You're getting paid for risk. So think about that. You're taking a gamble and getting paid. That, at least in that equation. With real estate, you're getting paid for knowledge and for work, right? You're actually, uh, you know, doing something that has a higher barrier to entry. And so you're getting paid more for that. That's why there's a higher yield with, with a low, while you still have a low risk. So anyway, that's what I have to say about that. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you'd like to see more of these kind of real estate or investment related videos, let me know. And, uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the channel or just subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to the podcast. Take care and I will talk to you next time.